Welcome into NBA Sound System, Carlin Gay. Flying solo today, but I'll be joined in just a second by my main man, Ogan Eulich, down in Sydney, Australia. Um, with no NBA games and really no basketball anywhere in this country, I decided to take it to Australia where they are playing basketball. Uh, they are in the middle of their finals or grand finals, as they call it down there. Uh, Sydney, the Sydney Kings and the Perth Wildcats in a battle for the championship down there. Perth up 2-1 in the finals series, the grand final series. Um, some NBA talent there, Andrew Bogut. Uh, Miles Plumley is down there playing for Perth. Uh, you have, you know, a guy like Bryce Cotton, who's well known at the college ranks, went to Providence, uh, Casper Ware, who had a couple tea, a cup of tea in the NBA as well. Uh, so some NBA names there, Didi Lozada, who's, uh, who's a prospect. He's, he's tied to the New Orleans Pelicans. So you have some NBA ties there in the NBL. And of course the NBL, the last two seasons, I believe maybe even three, I'll have to go back and double check that the last two seasons, at least have played NBA games, preseason games against NBA talent. They have yet to win a game, but they've come close, very close. For those of you who remember, okay, Oklahoma City Thunder fans, nervous, uh, almost lost to Melbourne United one year uh, down in OKC. Um, won't waste any more time. Let's get let's get Ogan here on the phone. Ogan Yulich from Fox Sports. Joining me now is my uh, good friend from down under. Fox Sports lead basketball reporter, writer, analyst, everything across the board. He's you know he's on TV. He does the digital side. He breaks news more than anyone in the Southern Hemisphere when it comes to basketball. Olgan Yulich from Fox. Olgan, where are you right now? I'm in Sydney right now. We and I'm also in my home because because of the, the nature of this global crisis we're in. We're being forced away from home as well. <laughs> so, so right now you're on lockdown from your employer, so to speak. Is that is it, what's the rules? What's going on in Australia as a whole? Well, so there's, the new rule in Australia is, is no gatherings of five hundred or more people. Right, five hundred. Employer at five hundred. Right, we're a little bit behind when it comes to how much the coronavirus has affected our community. Um, but obviously, the way it's exponentially growing, the expectations will get there pretty soon. Um, as far as where you know America is currently and where Italy is currently, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, our, my employer has been extra cautious. We're, to, we're told not to come into the office, and so I'm working from from home today, and I guess for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and and you're one of the very few basketball writers that actually have something to work with when you're talking about <laughs> working from home. Um, we'll get to the NBL in a second because. Uh, the grand final for those of you around the world, just the finals everywhere else other than Australia. The grand final is a championship <laughs> series. Uh, Sydney Kings and the Perth Wildcats are in the middle of uh, an interesting grand final. We'll say that. Uh, but there's still sports going on beyond basketball in Australia. This weekend was opening weekend for rugby league, the NRL, the most uh, basically the NFL of Australia. And... Um, there were fans in the building. Well, that's right. That's, that's the one thing that this country has, I don't know, yet to grasp the, the seriousness of, of this crisis, right? Um, and it, a lot of it just comes down to money, right? The NRL and AFL are doing their best just to hold off on either suspending or cancelling or, or pushing back games. 
just because they, they they're, they're in a sort of they're in a situation where if, if they do cancel or suspend their season, they do lose a lot of money, and they're the sort of league that they, they can't afford to because it could really shut down the league as a whole. So you know they're, they're trying to tread this line as as closely as possible, um, but it is getting to a point where reality will catch up to them. Um, and you know the fact that the playing games with crowds was you know I think absurd in the first place. I think it would be a surprise if in a week or two they're playing games at all. Yeah, right. Well, right now I know that the NRL is moving to crowd or to games without crowds. Correct. This coming weekend for round two. Correct. And the AFL has just last night um, they cancelled a, a lot of this, a, a portion of their season. So instead of playing twenty three rounds, they cut that down to seventeen rounds in order to to try and get around this coronavirus situation. Wow. Okay. Well. Joining the rest of the world, I guess, uh, <laughs> at, at this time. Um, what's still going on? Most basketball leagues have, have come to a screeching halt, but the NBL has decided to push on, and they've had now two games or three without, without fans in their final series. So the NBL has had two games behind closed doors, so they've been closed to the general public. Um, the decision was made you know, just a few hours before game two of the grand final here. Um, and so it was unfortunate for everyone in Perth because they never got a chance to see their team in a, in a grand final game this season. Um, but, and they're also, for those who don't know, the sort of the more electric, the, the most reliable crowd in Australia. Um, so they never got a chance to watch game two. Um, and unfortunately for the Perth Wildcats, they lost game two in their home court, which again, we don't know what home court even means anymore when <laughs> the, the crowd is, is, is kept out. Um, so we had a game two and we had a game three just this past Sunday, which was in Sydney's Kudos Bank Arena, which could generally hold more than 20,000 people. You would expect maybe thirteen or 14,000 people to go. In this case, the crowd was practically empty. It's just friends and family in the building. Um, you know, you can hear the, the shoes squeaking. You can hear the, all the trash talk. You can hear all the, um, you know, the coaches whining to, to the officials. And it's, it's like, it's a weird, pure way of watching basketball, but it's, it doesn't, take away from how bizarre it is just watching a basketball game without crowds um, and also of listening to PA announcers watching cheerleaders leading no cheers it, <laughs> it's, just a, it's a crazy thing to watch before before we get into the actual basketball that's happening on the court uh, as you said game three just happened and I want to get into the series a little bit but the decision to go to no crowds it really happened at like the 99th hour before game two and granted here in the United States, the NBA had already been shut down, um, and yep. it, it, you know Perth, as you mentioned, is probably as you said the most reliable crowd. They're, they're they get what is it thirty plus thousand in that building, the Red Army. So with the Red Army, so you're looking at like fifteen thousand, um, but like there's a reason they call the Red Army, right? It's because they are practically an army, and they are as much of a six man as any team in the world can get. They are some of the best fans in the world and it's because that team has done a really good job of building like a community fan base um, but yeah losing that crowd and not having that is a real is a big knock on the thing huge knock I, I don't know why I said 30 I just multiplied maybe because they're so loud in that building uh, 15 plus for them but the so the decision comes down at the 99th minute did you have any conversation with anyone in the league and and what really tipped the balance for them in terms of making the decision right before, you know, the game, you know, hours before the game was about to tip, 
to not have fans in the building and and what other decisions were they weighing were they were they thinking about you know stopping the final series period and maybe picking it back up at a later date I know they've now played two games really since that decision of closing the doors but what was happening at that time seeing as you know the rest of the world and the rest of the basketball world was already shut down so the morning of that game I spoke to a lot of people on both teams right both players and also their respective camps people within each franchise and there was some uncomfortability about playing that game um you know a few nights earlier that the Perth Wildcats had been on a flight from Sydney to Perth and it was discovered that someone on that flight had tested positive for COVID-19 and so that was the first sort of um thing to drop uh and apparently the, the players and the staff are sitting far enough away from this person that they weren't considered high risk Wow. But if you're, for example, a member of the Sydney Kings, or if, even if you're, you know, a member of that Wildcats team, you're you're still entering that next phase of, of this process with a little bit of caution. Um, so that was this the first thing that happened. So so the morning of game two, you know, there was private grumblings from both sides saying, "Hey, we're not completely comfortable with playing this game without restrictions." Um, and then it was about five hours before tip off when the NBL stopped replying to me. I, I've been <laughs> offering them sort of hourly questions and asking them to give me updates on the hour, just what's happening. It's just cause, because all the signs pointed to this game either wasn't going to happen right. or they were going to have to put in some restrictions. Um, and it was about five hours before tip-off in Perth when I think it was a, 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 a report came out saying that the federal government was about to restrict crowds to 500 people or less. Um, now, obviously, if that's the case, you can't have a basketball game in front of any sort of crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as that came out, the league sort of came together with both teams. There were, there were conversations about making it a three-game series, so a best of three instead of a best of five, just to just because it seems inevitable that the exponential growth of this is maybe going to put a halt to the series. Um, so that was a thing. There was there been conversations about putting the guys on chartered flights just so... To, to reduce potential transmission with other people. There have been just talks about everything, right? Um, even just contracting the schedule. So instead of having a four-day break between games, having a two-day two, two day break, they, they discussed all those things, but it was about four hours before tip-off and they had to get the word out that the rest of the Grand Final Series was closed to the general public. Unfortunately, not everyone's on Twitter and Facebook, and so some people did rock up and they did get the bad news that they couldn't go into the game. That is quite unfortunate. Um, uh, and the NBA also said that if a player did contract the coronavirus, then they would suspend the series. So, so that's where we're at right now. We have a, a, we're three games in now. The Wildcats lead 2-1. And the next game is on, on Friday, which is, I want to say that's Thursday for you guys. Yeah, Thursday night. Um, or Thursday morning. Thursday night for you guys. And I, I, there's still questions, and I've spoken to both sides as to whether it's even going to happen, again, just because of how quickly this thing is progressing. Yeah, that's that's crazy that, you know, five hours before tip, all of that was on the table. Shortening the series from five games to three is is already crazy in itself. When you've already played one game, that's kind of a little bit of yeah. a disadvantage to one team. Uh, you know, the, the reducing of games, for, for those that don't know, you know, many of the games happen on weekends. There's always, you know, you rarely get an NBL game on a Wednesday night, for example. It's normally on a, you know, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Um, and, and, and the rare yeah. occurrence, it's on a Monday. So 
to, to even reduce the amount of days between games is a, is a complete change. Um, that's, a, that's a lot happening before the tip of the game. They finally did tip uh, for game two. So game one uh, was in front of a crowd, a raucous crowd in Sydney. The Perth Wildcats played great basketball and came away with victory and, and were up one nothing in the series. They were getting set to, you know, they, they stole home court advantage away from Sydney at the time. And uh, for those who don't know, again, the, the, the actual, it's, it's home. It's not home, home. It's, it's kind of home away, home away. You, you go to Perth for game two, even though you played in Sydney game one, yeah. which is strange for a lot of our listeners in the United States. Uh, but that's how they do it. Uh, and and uh, Perth lost their home court advantage and really probably a blessing in disguise because the fans that would have attended that game would have been embarrassed watching the way the Wildcats played in game two. That's right. No, the, the Wildcats didn't show up in game two, right? Like, you, you can, on the Wildcats, you can put, you know, all of your trust in Bryce Cotton, right? He's the MVP of the league. You can do that. But it just, it didn't seem like any, any of those guys sort of entered the game with any sort of energy. The, it was sort of like, it was the Andrew Bogut game. And he's a guy who obviously former number one overall draft pick, NBA veteran, NBA champion, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know, he's had a, an interesting end to the season because he's been dealing with a back issue. Um, so he went into this game with a lot of question marks around him. He wasn't really effective in the series before, um, before the grand final. And so he went into it against Miles Plumley, uh, another, you know, former NBA guy. And Andrew Bogut had a little pep in his step. You know, he was, Taking Miles Plumley off the dribble, he's throwing down dunks. You know, he looked like a like a Milwaukee Bucks Andrew Burger, right? Um, <laughs> and so that sort of lifted the that sort of lifted the Kings, right? And that lifted everyone around him. Um, and you know, the, for those who don't know, the Sydney Kings are just across the board have just incredible talent, just individually. You know, from from you know, like their first man to their ninth man, they're they're incredibly talented. They've just done a really good job of stacking that roster. Um, and so that. That sort of that showed up on that Friday night game in in Perth, um, and then unfortunately that didn't show up on this in the Sunday night game in Sydney because again it was Bryce Cotton who showed up and and Nick Kay, who those of you who don't know was a member of the Australian Boomers at this past World Cup. He had a career night, thirty points, twelve rebounds, I want to say five or six assists. Um, you know they sort of showed it to the Sydney not crowd but I guess the Sydney arena. <laughs> yes, definitely shout out to Sydney Arena. Um, so 2-1 Perth at the moment. And by the way, these are the two best teams. They finished the regular season at the top of uh, the the standings or the ladder, if you were, in Australia. Um, one game, the difference between both of them. They played 28 games for the season. Sydney came away with a 20-8 and record. As you mentioned, super talented team. You mentioned the Andrew Bogats, but they also have a Kevin Lish, who's one of the best uh, point guards maybe you know playing in the competition the last 10 years I would say um, and when he's right yeah. he's he's an MVP caliber player uh, they have uh, Didi uh, Lozada who's a, you know an NBA prospect uh, he's tied to the uh, New Orleans Pelicans who I'm sure at some point he will be playing there alongside Zion and Lonzo Ball and the like who else on that Sydney roster and the Perth roster have NBA ties that that maybe you know fans back on this side of the world would would know. So you're looking at a guy like Casper Ware, who's the import point guard for the Sydney Kings. Um, so he spent some time with the Philadelphia 76ers. He, unfortunately for him, though, he's in the midst of uh, an all-time slump. I don't I don't know if anyone's really ever seen anything like it. 
Um, he hit double digits for the first time in game three, 11 points, but I was on five of 20 shooting. Um, he's having just a horrendous shooting performance over the course of the entire postseason, not just against the Perth Wildcats, but in the series before it against Melbourne United, which is his former team. You know, he, he has those ties to the NBA, but he's really not performing at the, at the level that he really should be. And if, if he was performing even 20% better than he currently is, the Kings would probably could have swept the series by now. Um, also on the Kings, you're looking at a guy like Xavier Cooks, who I think he played summer league basketball with the Warriors one year and with the Phoenix Suns last season. Right. Uh, so you're looking at him. Um, and on the Perth Wildcats, you're looking at a guy like Terrico White, who from memory spent some time with the Detroit Pistons. Um, and obviously Miles Plumley, who, you know, former Buck, has been, has had his way around the NBA a little bit and, you know, signed with that team in, you know, December, January as a sort of bogut stopper. That's what he was kind of, that's what he was brought in to do. He was, <laughs> you know, quality big man to, to come and stop Andrew Bogut. He hasn't really done that, but he did, he did have a really good um, game three, really showed up on both ends. Um, and you can sort of tell he, he's got that little bit of NBA quality that you sort of need. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, NBA, you know, tangential talent in the NBA playing currently. And look, the thing is, it's it's not the NBA, and we'll always tell people that like, the NBA is not the NBA, but it is a quality league. Um, and again, like I said, there is something pure about watching basketball without fans, um, and watching it in person as well. You know, I get I got to see just how quick Bryce Cotton was. Mm. You know, running around screens and getting to his spots, and you get to you get to hear the guys talking. You get to to see someone like Jason Tate, who plays for the Sydney Kings, and you know he's had interest from the Wizards and the Pel- and the the Sixers. I'm told. As far as potentially joining them in the playoffs, obviously that's not the case anymore because of, um, the NBA suspended the season. But he had a bunch of NBA interest after this season. He's a six-four power forward who's just a monster inside. And you know, watching these guys go to work without a crowd is, is something that I think the purists would really enjoy. No crowd. Has there been a heightened interest uh, because people don't have much sport really to occupy their time? Outside of you know the NRL and AFL uh, opening weekends, normally when that happens, I should say that you know the NBL kind of takes a back seat when the NRL and the AFL are you know in season because those are the two most popular sports there in that country. But this is unique circumstance. This is a grand final, and for basketball fans in general, all those people that say I don't watch the NBL, I watch the NBA. Do you feel like they've tuned in? to watch the NBA, NBL and, and, and paid more attention because there is no basketball outside of what's happening in that country? So the, the TV numbers for game two were up slightly. Um, I think a lot of it has come down to what you just said. Uh, I also think a lot of it comes down to people in Perth not being able to go to the game, so they yeah. obviously have to watch it. Um, but I think it's weird that I don't think the, the interest has grown too much just from the from the perspective of, oh, we have basketball to watch, therefore we'll watch it. I think a lot of it has come down to people wanting to see the spectacle of watching a crowdless game. Because it's something we really don't get to see. Right. Um, you know, when you watch it, it's sort of like, unless you're like a basketball like a basketball head and you know, you've watched those like those junior theater games that sometimes don't have any crowd. <laughs> or commentators. It sort of reminds me. <laughs> yeah, it sort of reminds me of those sorts of games. Um, but I think that's where a lot of this interest is coming from. There's people being kind of just interested in, in what a crowdless basketball game would look like because it is such a, a big entertainment product generally. Um, but it's, I don't think the the actual series has taken 
the forefront in the in the public discourse here, and I think that's that's just the, also just the nature of the kind of global crisis that we're in. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, all right, sell it to us here. Grand final game four coming up on Friday. It's going to be at six a.m. Eastern time uh, here in the United States. I know that they've opened up uh, the viewing possibilities of this game to. I think you can watch it on Twitch for free uh, here outside of the yeah, outside Twitch. of twitch.com/slash/mbl. Yeah, Twitch. It's, it's so easy to watch it. That's that's where I watch it from here as well. Okay, twitch.com/slash/mbl. You can watch the game. Uh, sell it to us. Perth has an opportunity to win their what championship? So, oh, you got me the 11th or 12th championship okay. as a franchise, and they've been around for maybe just under 35 years. So they are the most successful team. You know, you could make an argument that they're one of the most successful team franchises in the world, mm. right, just by nature of the fact that they have never missed the postseason in, since their inception. They would win back-to-back titles if they won this season. Um, you know, they're going to this game on their home court. Bryce Cotton is the best player in the series. He's the reigning MVP, averaging 30 points a game. He's just going to work on the Sydney Kings defense. Um, and, you know, who else is going to show up for that team? You know, who knows? That's, that's sort of the, the beauty of the, of the Perth Wildcats. That it's, they're such a, a deep team, and, and they're a team that plays together. They've got a lot of veterans, a lot of wily veterans. So if you want to see sort of like that sort of pure veteran basketball, that's sort of what you want to come see. And with the Sydney Kings, you know, will Casper Ware break out of his slump? You're looking at a potential future NBA guy in Xavier Cook. Um, and I think perhaps more importantly with the Sydney Kings, Andrew Bogut is potentially playing the last game of his career mm. because he's on the, the back end of the last year of his contract with the Sydney Kings. He's always said that it's always likely that he was going to play in the NBA this season, play in Tokyo, and that would be his swan song. Um, with Tokyo sort of up in the air, and I know we're going to touch on that too, you know, this could be the last professional game that Andrew Bogut plays um, if, the, if the Kings get knocked out. And so... You know, Andrew Bogut, you know, NBA veteran, he's in the NBA for a very long time, former number one overall pick, Australian basketball legend, right? Um, and so you know, this could be his last game. So what's he going to bring? Is he going to bring the, that sort of the, the energy that he had in game two or is he going to you know, fall back and take a back seat like he did in game three? I think that'll be fun to watch. But it's been a competitive series. It's been you know, high-quality basketball with really, really good talent on show. I, I would suggest, and look, I'm an NBA guy through and through. I, I'm in, like, I enjoy this a lot. So I would suggest to anyone out there, you should probably tune in. Yeah, and if you're missing basketball, this is the only live basketball that's going on right now. So <laughs> there, there's that. Wake up early at 6.30 on you know Friday. Probably if you're out on the West Coast, it's 3.30 a.m. You just stay up and, uh, and, and watch it on Friday. <laughs> Game four, Perth and Sydney. Perth wins. They win the championship back-to-back years. You mentioned Bryce Cotton. You wrote an article on him. For most of us here in the States, we know Bryce Cotton College. Providence, uh, went to Providence all four <laughs> years, was terrific. Uh, you know, small point guard. Probably what six foot flat, um, maybe 160 yep. pounds, soaking wet. You know that Allen Iverson size, but just not Allen Iverson. Uh, but he's yep. he's one of the best players to ever play in the NBL. If he wins this championship, it will be his third NBL championship. He's already won a Grand Finals MVP. He's won the uh, Most Valuable Player of the Year award twice, scoring a uh, champion three times. You wrote an article and you asked all the OGs of the NBL whether or not he was the best import. I know a lot of them said no to you, but where do you sit on it? 
look, so I'm, I'm in the awkward position of being like 25 years old. So I don't have the same sort of historical context that a lot of these guys do, which is why I sort of entrusted this conversation in their hands. So I hit up guys like Andrew Gaze, like Derek Rucker, um, to, to sort of give me proper insight in it. Um, but I think we have to also acknowledge the fact that the league is better. Right? I mean, every league has just gotten better by nature of you know players getting better, by nature of science, things like that. And so the way Brathcon has been able to dominate in the NBL um, you know, in this era has just been you know, beyond incredible. And it's something we, we can't ignore. Just his ability to win and his ability to, to dominate and be reliable when it counts and in, in the toughest circumstances is, is something that I think makes him at least a, a top three as far as best players the, the NBL has ever seen. Um, and look, he's only 27 and he's in the midst of the deal with the Perth Wildcats. He's back next season. So it doesn't look like he's slowing down. And just when you watch him play, you know, he's, it's, it's, it's tough to see him on an NBA roster because because of his size and because of the way he plays it. I, I don't know how he'd fit in a role on, a, on an NBA team, right? But he, the talent is there. When you watch him, you, you don't think he'd be out of place on an NBA roster. Um, you know, and that's what I really enjoy. It's not just that he's winning. It's not just that he gets it done and wins awards and all that. When you watch him, you think, okay, this is like a very quality basketball player. Um, and it's just, it's really a joy just, just to watch him play in, in person as well. And I know everyone in the US, watch him on TV. But if you ever get a chance to get to Perth or to, to travel and get to this country, watching him play in person really makes you appreciate how fast a basketball player can be. Yeah, I don't know if we can travel in any time soon, but uh, when we do open up the borders, uh, Bryce Cotton will be there next season as well. Um, you, you mentioned Andrew Bogut's last really run at basketball would have ended here with the NBL season and potentially the Olympics. Let's get to that right now because let's face it, you were there, I was there in China, watched, uh, had the opportunity, I had the opportunity to call a couple of games for Australia. Uh, you followed that team all the way through. A lot of travel on that uh, on that trip in those two weeks, uh, but that was a team that was built to win and win a goal or, or win a medal at least. Um, that was the goal there in China. It didn't work out that way, and this is a team that is not young. Um, a lot of veterans on this team. There was the potential of adding Ben Simmons to the roster this summer, which obviously would have helped. New head coach in Brett Brown. Um, so there's there's positives coming out of China, even though they didn't reach their goal of standing on the podium there. But if the Olympics is postponed, where does that leave this version of the Boomers? Because this is probably, when you put it together, the best 12 that will ever play in the green and gold heading into this Olympic Games. But if the games are postponed, you're now adding an extra year on some of the older guys like Andrew Bogut and... Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, and you could you can name every single player other than Ben Simmons and maybe you know Ryan Brokoff. <laughs> right. So and, and that's that's what's uh, unfortunate. And obviously, you never want to take away from the the crisis that the coronavirus actually is. But obviously, from a sports perspective, you look at this Boomers team, which was built to win in this tournament. Right, so like you mentioned, Paddy Mills, you got Matthew Delvadova, Joe Ingles, Aaron Baines, who's having just a stupidly good season with the Phoenix Suns this season. <laughs> um, Andrew Andrew Bogut, and then you know off the bench you could have guys like Jonah Bolden, like Ryan Berger. Um and then that's not even mentioning Ben Simmons. 
right? And so this team is built to win. And obviously, if you if you've seen the play over the years, just this boomer team, the way they move the ball is it's very Spurs like, right? And it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And you know, watching Andrew Bogut at the top of the key and, and making decisions from there, watching guys back cut, it's just beautiful basketball. Like it just is. The fact that the Tokyo Olympics will more than likely be postponed, I think it's pretty safe to say that. Um, you know, it does hurt. You know, Aaron Baines is, I think, 33 and, and obviously not getting any younger. Andrew Bogut, if, if the Olympics goes past November, you know, he's 36 and not just 36, but 36 with, you know, years and years of, of injuries and, you know, weight on his legs. And so, you know, that's something that they, they might have to play without Andrew Bogut. And, Obviously, Ben Simmons is, is currently injured with that back injury. It's, and it's the sort of thing where it seems as though any sort of little nudge that Ben Simmons could, could have to not play for the Boomers, it, it sort of happens. And mm. so when we have, you know, a global pandemic like this, you know, that, that, will, more, that will probably be enough for them just to say, nah, I'm going to sit this one out and just be safe. Um, and then that's all surrounding the fact that Brett Brown was brought in to, to bring Ben Simmons into the fold. That, that, that was effectively why he was brought in. Um, and so, look, if this is postponed, and I don't know when it would be postponed to, um, you know, it could hurt this team because, you know, Andrew Bogut, as much as he's been, you know, relatively ineffective in the back end of this NBL season, he just shines and feeds the basketball. And so, having one last effective, you know, go round of an Olympics with Andrew Bogut as, you know, one of your playmakers and one of the people at the helm to your team, that, that would be a really big blow if, if they're not able to suit up in Tokyo. The reason why I bring that up, uh, the Tokyo Olympic Games, and I know most people listening to this will probably realize that, you know, it's probably not going to happen this year, at least in August um, or, or late July, August, early August when it was scheduled is because really the standing on the podium would mean so much for the game of basketball in Australia, right? Like it, it, it would mean a lot for the growth of the game. It's, it feels like, if to, to kind of put it bluntly, it feels like you know basketball has hit this glass ceiling in terms of growth, but it would break through with a moment like that to, to, to kind of take the national headlines, wouldn't it? Totally. So like you look at the things that have done that, obviously the Australian Opals, the women's team, has been wildly successful over the past decade and a half, two decades. Um, you know, they've been one of the more dominant teams in all of basketball. Um, and then you've got Andrew Bogut as an number one overall pick, Ben Simmons as an number one overall pick, first Australian All-Star. You've hit a lot of these nice milestones. Um, but there's something about a national team that really resonates with the Australian consciousness. Um, and I'm not sure why that is. Uh, but it just it just does, and so you know the Wallabies is our rugby team, and you know whenever they're playing, so the nation stops to watch them. Same with the cricket team, and so if the Australian men's basketball team were able to do a similar thing, um, you know it really would sort of crack through into the national discourse in a way that I don't think basketball has before. It's been unfortunate because of the 2016 Olympics, Australia came fourth because of a, I think a questionable call that was made at the end of that game. They lost to Spain in that, that bronze medal game. Uh, in the World Cup in 2019 in China, you know, it was another questionable call in, in a semi-final game and then they lost to, Australia lost to France in that, that bronze medal game. And so Australia, the Bruins, the men's national team, has never medaled at a major international event. Um, and that's weird to say considering how talented they've been, but also speaks to just how talented, you know, the basketball, the global, you know, basketball is in general. Um, 
but yeah, there's, there's something about a national team winning that that cuts through with with Australians, and, and it would it's you can't even you can't it's hard to measure how much that would do for the sport in this country if they were to achieve something like that. Do you think they would have had the chance to medal had they put the best team possible together this summer? So if it was a team with you know my starting lineup would have been like a, a Paddy Mills, Della Vadova. Joe Ingles, Ben Simmons, Aaron Baines, and then you've got guys like Andrew Bogan, Jonah Bold, and Ryan Brockoff, and potentially Matisse Weibel. You know, that's a team that could that could have medaled, right? And I don't think it challenges for a gold medal against like a full strength American team, but I think that that's a potential silver silver medal winning team. Um, but of course, you know, as we saw in in China, this the world is, is crazy good. You know, yes. just Lithuania, France, Serbia. Even Greece, if Giannis can get used to playing the FIBA star. Like, there's, there's a lot of talent out there, but I think across the board and, and from like the, the culture that the Australian group had put together, I think they had a really good chance at it. No question about it. All right, Olgan, what do, what do you do now? Uh, once the grand final's over in the NBL, what do you do now? And there's no NBA. There's not going to be uh, maybe just two more games in the NBL season. What do you do after after uh, it's all said and done? Man, I don't even know. We've, we've been told that we're working from home. Um, and it's that's all well and good, but all, but then what do we cover? There's, no, there's, a, there's a sports on. So is it is it just speculating? You know, every single day about when the season might come back, about who might make what decision based on this crisis that we're in, and um, it's that sort of thing. And then it's just checking around for updates on, you know, when the season could come back, and you know, if it does come, if or when it does come back, what it's going to look like, and it's it's sort of just like a, a big wait and see. Um, and I think that's that's for all of us, right? Even as far as scheduling goes, like I was planning to go to the summer league in, right. in July, and that's probably off the table now. And if it gets if the season gets pushed back, then I guess we might have like a fall league in in August or September. <laughs> like it, it's it's really this has really disrupted everyone. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's bizarre times to say the least. But I appreciate you coming on here and. Uh, giving us some insight into the only basketball that's actually happening right now, the NBL Grand Final or the Finals to the rest of the world. Uh, Perth up 2-1 on the Sydney Kings. Game 4 goes down Friday morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. What's your prediction? Oh, I think Perth takes it in Game 4. Wow. I hope we get to Game (laughs) 5. I hope we get to – actually – I, we probably would want it to end in four just in case things you know shut down before then because if it goes beyond four I mean, there's I, no I, guarantee I there's a five right four, well, totally as in like I'm, I'm not even entirely sure we're going to get to a game four which is why it's not why I'm picking Perth but it's why I'm saying probably safer for everyone if Perth just wins it and we can I don't know I guess just be safer as, you know a populist just as, as a people here yeah you're absolutely right things are by the time we put this out uh, it, we may not have a game four, but I do appreciate you taking the time as things change minute to minute, hour to hour, uh, and joining us here here on NBA Sound System. Thanks for having me, Kyle. There we have it, Ogun Yulich from Fox Sports Australia. Like I tell you, man, he, he is really one of the best uh, reporters in the Southern Hemisphere when it comes to basketball and just, just an all-time good dude, man. He uh, was able to hop on at a minute's notice and always down to talk basketball. And I spent a lot of time sitting next to him at some NBL games when I used to live in Sydney. That's all the time we have right now here on NBA Sound System. As we said on the Friday pod, we will do our best to keep this thing going. Tried a little 
something different this time around. Wasn't talking NBA, was talking NBL. And if you're feeding for basketball, it may, may not happen. But game three, sorry, game four of the NBL Grand Final is happening at 6 a.m. Eastern time on Friday. You can watch it on Twitch. NBL uh, Twitch is available here in the United States. So, and globally as well, as Ogan said, you can watch it on Twitch, uh, you know, in Australia as well. So, that's going to do it for us here on NBA Sound System. Keep a lock. We'll be back at the end of the week with another pod. I'm Carlin Gay. We will see you next time.